myself out. I am afraid of I'm terrified and paralyzed by I am deathly afraid of Welcome to the Sum of All Fears podcast with your host, me, Ryan Perio. Hello and welcome to the Sum of All Fears podcast. I'm your host, Ryan Perio. This week, my guest is musician Oscar Nash. I interviewed Oscar at the Hops and Arts Festival at the Pedicles Brewery as my last interview of the first day. So we have completed day one of my live podcasting at the Pedicles Brewery. Oscar has a very interesting fear of socializing, which I think everybody in the world can relate to. There's always that nervousness of entering a group of people and trying to initiate that first line of communication. He's one of those people, though, that once you do start the conversation, he's he can jump right in. But it's just the start of that conversation, which is just kind of scary to all of us. For me, it's continuing that conversation once it's even started. Oscar is an amazing musician. He's very young, super talented. Um, we will before I start the interview, I will play his song "I Will Wait Forever." You can find it on YouTube as well. But we're gonna play that here right now. Here's Oscar Nash. I'll wait forever.
Wow, what an amazing song. Now let's get into my interview with Oscar Nash. Guys, my next guest is musician Oscar Nash. No pleasure to be on. Awesome. Well, I appreciate you helping me here with your setup. I appreciate that and kind of your guidance to help us <laughs> make this actually a live podcast happen. No problem. We feel we always got to help each other out in yeah. these situations. <laughs> so how long have you been a musician? Um, surprisingly, I've only been a musician for around four years, okay. around four years, five years. Um, it all started back in high school. I used to not like um, lots of the music I like now. However, I come from a small town, Bakersfield, California, and my friends, they started getting me into music like Metallica and Pantera. And all throughout the line, I ended up playing folk. <laughs> well, that's awesome. I mean, 
it's very I would say I have a similar experience with comedy is that I started comedy thinking I'll be like Dave Attell or somebody dirty and raunchy and you realize that's not the life you lead and you're like even though you appreciate their music then you know but you still your path leads you to something totally different and unexpected Mm -hmm. so what is it about folk that you like what we like about folk is the sincerity of the music especially whenever you're up on stage and of course there's a lot of folk instruments but whenever it's acoustic instruments and you know harmonica things like that it's very transparent in which you see what what the artist is saying you see what the artist is saying you see their emotions and whenever they're playing that is their voice to you with at most some reverb <laughs> yeah so what what's what folk band like i guess kind of pushed you in this direction what would you say is the yeah. i would say the driving so force the band formerly known as mandolin orange uh, okay. now is the watch house band um their songs it was you know folk but more southern folk and i thought it was beautiful um him and his uh partner she played the violin while they played they sometimes played with banjos and there's also this other band called tomato tomato it was a gentleman playing acoustic guitar and his wife uh, would have somewhat like my setup a tambourine on one leg and a kick drum on the other leg and a washboard on her chest with a bell right here that she would play with their hands as they played together that's awesome so i see that you have something similar here with a percussion setup in a suitcase is that kind of a i guess foot powered yes sir um i add two pedals onto it so one pedal hits the kick drum while the other one hits the tambourine and that kind of is my own um, percussion because I found it very I've seen it in the music scene it's very hard to find a drummer yeah so I, I looked up online how do I get percussion and I found that one and I and I gave it a go <laughs> so is the suitcase provide any sound effect or is it just the the portability of the suitcase it's the, um, the portability of the suitcase and because it's less to carry so whenever I get to a gig I just set it down I add the pedals on and I get going, and in the back, it even has a little hole where I can put a microphone up to it. That way, I can amplify it through the speakers and the PA. Yeah. Well, thank you for your PA. It is no problem. <laughs> wonders here. So, you you do folk, and I I feel like that's perfect for what you say your fear is because it's kind of a it's not a it's not a front and center kind of music. It's definitely a you know a side stage or you know coming up here to, to wrap up we got folk music mm-hmm. so your fear is one i think we all have uh, social anxiety which mm-hmm. you're which you're conquering with with reckless abandon right now you're doing yeoman's work as far as socializing mm-hmm. <laughs> so where do you where does that come from is that just always been you've been the shy kid your whole life or? Um, i'd say growing up i was i was pretty outgoing i think i've been cursed with the uh, i'm a very shy extrovert okay <laughs> So I like being, you know, in busy places. Um, however, if I rather have like the stereotypical, if they talk to me first, then I'll get going type of thing. Mm-hmm. So I mean, definitely, once I moved to Texas, I started getting more shy. Um, you know, I started meeting new people because that's when you, you're forced to meet new yeah. people. So what I did was, well, you know, I'm really shy. You know, so of course I ended up doing performance arts. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> So what's, what would you say is the difference between Bakersfield, California, and Texas? Well, Bakersfield, California, we had such a small population, um, especially where I grew up, it was Oildale. Okay. And I'm talking the, the school size, we all knew each other by last name. And we'd call each other by last name so we didn't get mixed up on who, 
Like okay. I, I remember all my friends, all th their entire names, <laughs> all yeah, of right. them. And especially in Texas, it's very, it's a lot bigger city, and it's with a lot of more people. That also comes with a bigger sense of security and protecting one's family. So, not um, perhaps going to certain places, things like that. However, in a sudden, a small town, if somebody does like a crime, everybody knows immediately <laughs> yeah. who, who they suspect. <laughs> well, that's, that's t I've never been to Bakersfield, so that's, that's been an interesting dynamic. So it comes from small town guy, big city. Mm -hmm. So what brought you to Texas? Um, my family and, and their work. You know, okay. um, we originally, way back, I was, we're all from Mexico. And in Mexico, when we came here, we've always been moving to where the work takes us. When we first got here, it was L.A., L.A., San Francisco, Bakersfield, Santa Maria, all the way over here. So what is it you guys do? Mm -hmm. Is it all live entertainment, or you're the, you're the one that does live entertainment? What is your family yes, <laughs> normally from? Um, well, my father, he's an um, auditor for food safety quality. Okay. And just plug into my FSQA is, is the thing. And we do he does certain things for, you know, for, to approve contracts for Target, Walmart, certain, those types of companies. Okay. Um, however, you know, it's always been wherever, wherever, wherever the works takes us, really. Yeah. So it's wherever... If you're over here, we go over here, try it out over here, try it out over there, you know, the American dream. <laughs> yeah, so, so your dad's a food auditor, or yes, food sir. safety auditor, so how does that, does that, does he bring that home with him, like, does he tell you to put things in the fridge, like, is he very per big proponent, like, why is this out on the counter? Oh, 100%, um, especially when it comes to cross-contamination, you're not using the same knife for same things, always washing the cutting board, and using different cutting boards, um... You know, when you still can use chicken, when it's not, when there's bacteria, always. <laughs> yeah. It's got to be a terrifying ordeal. Like, oh, has he come to your apartment and mm -hmm. seen that and been like, mm -hmm. what is that? Oh, well, currently I'm, I'm still in college. So I still live with my parents. Oh, okay. <laughs> well, keep, keep it up. I, I've lived with my parents off and on my mm -hmm. whole life. So we've had an on and off. Like, my mom's moved into a smaller house. So I feel like at this point, She's she's basically worn out her ability to have me as a as a live-in. I think that was just a sign. Like we, I moved, had to move back home in my thirties when I started comedy. It just everything fell apart for me, and so I rebuilt. And so I make jokes about it. Like you know, when you move back home in your thirties, my family doesn't say I love you anymore. We just <laughs> say, Are you good? Are you good? That's a lot of luggage for a visit. Are you sure you're doing okay? It's a lot of worrying. It's a lot of caring to not have us there together. Like we want to be there together, but also go back home, have a home of your own, be happy. Of course. I mean, um, right now I'm planning on moving out. You know, whenever I hit 22, 21, things okay. like that. Because right now I'm I think in five months I'm turning around 21 in maybe five months. <laughs> so you're at a brewery and you're not even 21. Yes, I sir. feel for you <laughs> so bad right now. Is um, so. What are you studying in college? Are you studying music? or um, Right now I'm studying psychology with a minors in business management. Hopefully um, one okay. day I can set up my own small business. Okay. And see, I, I, don't, so I still don't know um, what it'll be of, but we'll see where it takes me. What ideas do you have for a small business? Mm -hmm. Like what, have you, what has come to your mind? We've actually been thinking about setting up an authentic taco restaurant. Because, okay. you know, whenever I go to, like, I mean, I've been playing in bars since I was around 17. Okay. And I, I would have to ask the question of, can I come in if I'm, if, if I'm underage, but can I come in if I'm playing? Yeah. <laughs> and, well, I've always thought, well, there's three options. You know, sandwiches, um, 
hamburgers and Taco Bell. Well, you know, coming back home at one in the morning. Yeah, you don't but have, have a lot of options. Exactly. And if you want authentic tacos, you have to know a place. But we've never thought there is an establishment drive-through. Get real tacos um, at the price, not for you know the, the two-dollar ones like Taco yep. Bell. Get three dollars, fifteen dollars. <laughs> yeah, there is a place. If I don't, it's open twenty-four hours. It's a gas station called Fuel City. If you want some taco game, like they are fantastic. I'll have to check them out for yep. sure. There's one just down here off of, I guess, close to 30 in Riverside. Mm-hmm. So you can check them out. But they have delicious tacos. They're, they're my fave, and they're open 24-7. So you can, if you're out 1 a.m., you can come. There's a little bit of a line, but they are worth the wait. Mm-hmm. So tacos and stuff like that. So is your family, like, are you families, like, really good cooks? or? Oh, yeah, 100%. I mean... For me, I've never personally been all too great at cooking. Okay. You know, I've been very, I make a steak and I burn it on the outside but have it really raw on the inside. So I end up having to double cook it in the oven. It comes out and in the end it ends up being steak bits. Okay. <laughs> so on that, you might turn the heat down a little bit. You want the sear, you got the sear, but you also, there's also a thing I learned is you have to rest it. So after you cook it on each side a couple times and you sit it, and let it rest and then the heat residual heat will cook mm-hmm. it through because if you don't wait then you've got mm-hmm. saw on the outside raw mm-hmm. on the inside obviously keep that in mind <laughs> yeah. you can also the gordon ramsay has a youtube thing too where you can cook a steak in two minutes and stuff so it's mm-hmm. definitely worth that so so is folk mu- how does how did folk music come into to college and everything else well, I've always, um, you know, I, whenever I started doing actual live music, I did very uh, British rock, acoustic, okay. um, you know, a lots of Oasis and then more 50 stuff like the Beatles, mm-hmm. um, the Beach Boys. And then I started trying to get into bands. So I've been looking, I started looking all over. I ended up going around two years looking for bands. So I found some, they wanted to play live. I especially wanted to play live and they wouldn't. They would say they want to do it, but they never really did it. Mm-hmm. So I would, I would be bouncing back from band to band to band. And eventually, I've always had a very, I'll just end up doing it myself attitude. Mm-hmm. So that's when I, I saw some people do one-man band acts. Okay. You know, in, in, but they always did it with, um, with loopers. They would replay a sound, add on to it. Mm-hmm. And I thought to myself, I, I like that, but I'm not all too great with technology. Yeah. So I did everything manually. <laughs> But it, and it also takes away from the folk aspect. This, if you're going to be folk, this is like to be the one man band. You've got to have like the analog mm-hmm. of the one man band. There right? you go. <laughs> and so, like, when did you bring that in there? Like, has mm-hmm. it been like a feeling out process? Did you take percussion classes, or did you just kind of go by feel? Well, whenever I was bouncing from band to band, I also wanted to see what can I play to get into bands. So I started learning a lot of instruments and one of those instruments being the drums. And that's when I started keeping the rhythm, and I've always had a very, I'm going to play it mm-hmm. just like the actual drummer in that band played it. Okay. And by imitation, I started learning techniques, and that's when I incorporated it onto the kick drum. Mm-hmm. And so I started keeping the beat, I saw how people would do it, then I'd be like, okay, then you know, taking off from them, started doing my own thing. And that's how I ended up with this one. I think I bought this one right around, Two weeks ago, well, <laughs> two weeks ago. Awesome. But, but I practiced it. But I practiced it. Yeah, so. I was gonna say like <laughs> it, it had to be, you know, like a catch and go because I don't know if there's a you know kick drum like academy yeah. or anything <laughs> like that. 
So who would you say, like you say, you come from a lot of different, do you bring like Metallica and Pantera into your folk? Like, can you, can you somehow integrate maybe, maybe not the electric guitar, but acoustically, can you, I guess, kind of aggressive, bring a little bit of aggression to folk music? Well, when it comes to my influences, I, I started with Metallica. However, whenever it was my own music, mm-hmm. I take heavily off of you know those British rock bands, Oasis, and other uh, folk music. And so, whenever I'd say you know the aggression, but whenever yeah. I think I bring a little more country aspects. Yeah. But that's the thing about folk. It's yeah. Country music from people that have never been in the South, and yeah. that's that's where you guys are making folk. That's, a, that's <laughs> amazing way to co- describe folk music is country music from people that don't gr- don't live in the South. <laughs> it's it is Chicago country is basically mm-hmm. what you're saying. That's awesome. I I just I'm just always curious, like so you, you like you said, you listen to a lot of different music, and I'm just wondering if you ever you've tried to pull from those tapestries of, like how can I how can I get a little bit more rock and rollish with mm-hmm. this folk and just really. So is every song just original from you, or do you, um, or do well, you cover? Well, for the set I have today, um, we have a lot of classic covers and some original music. Say so the classic covers are for my the music I would really like, you know, Elton John, The Beatles, um, Queen, mm-hmm. and some some other popular songs like from The Wheel Stealers. Okay, you know, the Stuck in the Middle with You song, things yeah. like that. Um, and my own song is more folkish. However, I stem a lot also from um, certain gentlemen like Bob Dylan. Mm-hmm. Bob Dylan, you know, but little... Me personally, I feel that that's when it comes to the t- transparency of mm-hmm. folk music, is that me, I'm a very energetic person. So most of my songs, even the slower ones, have a certain, I would say, little sparkle of energy to them. Awesome. So how do your parents feel about the music? Like, are they mm-hmm. uh, for it? Or are they <laughs> like, where is this going? Like, Well, they, they, they love it. They, mm-hmm. they've, they've been very good at supporting me. Um, I'd say the only complaint they've ever had is sometimes whenever I'm playing at 3 in the morning and I'm, when I was learning how to sing, well, it was more wailing okay. <laughs> around 3 in the morning. So I'd say that was the only complaint they yeah. ever had. And then I'd go as far as say I'm very lucky so much so that they, they got used to the noise so mm-hmm. I can play most of the times of the yeah. night. That's awesome. <laughs> I can't imagine somebody wailing at 3 in the morning. Mm-hmm. That seems... That that seems like that would be a test. Like they, yep. did you were you in your room or do you have like a studio that or mm-hmm. like a garage like a studio that you were in? In my room, right okay. next to theirs. Oh. <laughs> wow, you have no shame. Like I I I am busy right now, guys. I don't care if you're sleeping. I've got to get this. So was it just inspiration? Like I've got to figure. Like you came home from a gig and like I've got to figure this out. Well, whenever I started getting into music, usually yes, I sometimes I. I heard um, one of my favorite artists called Noel Gallagher. Mm-hmm. He one time said, good songs write themselves. If you try to force something, it, if, if it, you do end up writing something, it's not going to be something you truly feel sometimes. Of course, there's hard work in songs, but the good songs, I feel, if, if, you, can, if you can play them and you like them and you don't write them down and you remember them, the next day you wake up, that's a good song. Okay. That's and, a- and usually I remember whenever I first started actually songwriting, started playing acoustic, methodically, was whenever we moved to Texas, we moved to Houston, and we moved right before Hurricane Harvey. Okay, well that's so, probably not a good time to move. <laughs> so whenever we came there, it was two months in in a hotel, in a hotel room, and we, you know, with Harvey, we didn't really have Wi-Fi. Yeah. So I thought to myself, 
I must well start getting at it with the guitar. You know, there wasn't anything else to do. I didn't have friends to call, things like that. And that's where it really started taking off with, with guitar for me. Okay. Well, that's awesome. Like, so have you written your own songs too? Have you, you got your own stuff? Like what is, where, where challenges do you find like songwriting? Do you find like you have a hard time trying to, to emotionally capture a lyric or is that, what, how is lyric writing? Well, when it comes to lyric writing, I feel a lot of these things come sometimes. They come out, mm-hmm. of, out of nowhere. You just have to always be at the ready, kind of like fishing. Yeah. You're always, you have to put yourself there in the boat and fishing and waiting for something. And I feel even psychology, even when you're not thinking about it right now, the back of your head is always going, yeah. thinking about these ideas. Like I have a song called Like You Do Mine. And in the song Like You Do Mine, I heard this from a, I think an anime that I saw at a friend hearing. Yeah. And that's where I came up with the chorus for that line, how many birds fill the sky and how many times have they passed us, got, passed us by forever staying in our minds like you, like you do mine. That's awesome. That's an awesome. Li- like I can't imagine trying to, you know, have just birds in the sky and then just now you have to try to find an angle of how, what am I tying this to? You know, it's got to be, it, that's where I was like, it's got to be kind of hard, but you have to divine it. But at the same time, okay, now I've got to kind of aim it a little bit to try to find something that kind of rhymes with sky mm-hmm. that I want to, that I want to, you know, that still keeps the mood going. It's not mm-hmm. like, you know, I reckon whenever it comes to music writing, I feel whenever we write music, sometimes we set up certain rules for ourselves. Certain okay. that we want to do, have it a certain length, have it a certain time. But that's where I gained a lot of things from Bob Dylan. Because Bob mm-hmm. Dylan, in a lot of his songs, he only hits in the entire four minute song, he hits two or three rhymes. Because he does it more of, he, like, back to the transparency. This is what I thought up, and this is what it is, and this is my true, my true mm-hmm. self. And so. Even my songs, I'd say some of them rarely have, or they, they have rhyming, you know, chorus, things like that. However, it's always a very, it, it comes out and you, if whenever you manufacture it into certain rules, that's mm-hmm. when it's music that you want people to like, not that you want to like, okay. not your actual self. So have you written about your social anxiety? Mm-hmm. Like have you written songs about wanting to talk to somebody but not knowing how mm-hmm. or anything like that to kind of really kind of, I guess, cap encapsulate that? I guess because that's a, when you're afraid of social anxiety, that's something that is always on your mind because there's always social situations where you're wanting to reach out and you can't, and it's it's a hurdle and it's something that you want to convey because it's it's got to be like a huge like motivation for writing songs. And I would say yes. I believe that whenever I'm writing a song. I want people to connect to that song. So I try to use very obscure words. Mm-hmm. So I use very, like, words like you, um, they, I, me, you, and things like that. So that way, when people listen to that song, they can relate it to something in their life. Because if I make it too specific, then they think this is what the song is, and they can't really dive mm-hmm. deeper. But sometimes, whenever I like writing, I want the audience to think, what does this song mean to me? And they make their own rabbit hole to go into, and they add their own meanings to the song. Thus, they add it to their own life. They make the soundtrack to their, you go on a road trip, you're listening to a song, you remember that song, not with that meaning, but that new meaning is that road trip. That's awesome. So what has been, like, which instrument that you learned was the most challenging for you? I'd say the most challenging one was definitely the piano. Okay. So much so that I only learned it around 30%. I'm one of those players where 
I'll have three songs, and then I'll try to make it look as impressive. And then if they ask me to play another song, I'll say my fingers are tired. Okay, that's a good. It's <laughs> a good excuse. I've never. I, I would give that to the guys at Pete's Piano Bar. I guess mm-hmm. my fingers tired, but that's a. I, I would say piano is definitely one that I would de- musically wise mu- that and guitar for me. I just I don't have the speed to be able to kind of I guess predict where I want to go next and not just be like okay mm-hmm. like I just can't I don't think mm-hmm. I could ever pick it up at the pace that you would need to be a guitar player mm-hmm. and then when you start playing guitar it's also to get to the point where it's painful <laughs> you know letting your fingers down on the steel yeah. strings and having the vibrations go through your fingers it's definitely I've I think you can tell how long a person is playing guitar by the amount of calluses they have in their hands in their fingers specifically okay. so much so that with my left hand if I try to like scratch my arm it's just it feels like nubs okay <laughs> so so dating wise, like how, so how has this how, has this upped your dating game? Have you been able to? Have well, well, right now I am happily taken. Happily okay. Taken my, my Sorry, ladies. <laughs> happily taken. Oscar Nash is an off the market, ladies and gentlemen. Well, I feel like definitely um, when when you're in love and when you have someone that is definitely supportive, it makes you feel that sense of wonder to want to write a lot more songs. Especially, it gives you some inspiration and it makes you feel good to the point where whenever you're indirectly writing about that person and the feeling they give to you, and you hope maybe your song will give another person a feeling to another person. Yeah. So it is your is your your happily taken other is she the also a kind of I guess social anxiety extrovert or is she mm-hmm. like full on extrovert that can just mm-hmm. that pulls you in and goes. Mm-hmm. Well, she would call herself introverted. However, I believe we're very we're very um, shy extroverts. Okay. Like very shy extroverts. Like me. Um, one time we went to Sonic and I got a, I got one of the Oreo drinks okay. and it came out wrong. So I was like, okay, no, I'll go and ask for another one. Ask for another one, and that one was wrong as well. And right there, I saw I drew a line where I was like, okay, I'll, it's fine. I'll just drink this. And she was very like, I can go tell them than me. No, it's fine. <laughs> that, it, that doesn't sound like an introvert. That sounds. Sounds very extroverted to yeah. go in there and say, "Hey, what what's the deal with this? Like, mm-hmm. how do you not know how to make this drink?" Mm-hmm. <laughs> so that's awesome. Like, so y'all kind of, I guess, pick up each other's slack a little mm-hmm. bit in that in that arena. And sometimes it, it's good not to have somebody. In, yeah, I could also see, you know, like a come with me, at super outgoing extrovert, mm-hmm. you know, kind of person that you know, kind of your kind of fulfills your, you know let's jump into this conversation fear and then allows you to do your thing by, you know, being the introduction. hundred percent. And then, but no, I guess it's sometimes you just want the person that you can look across the room like, Oh yeah, we're both kind of, you want to do some now? Okay. Me either. <laughs> it's, it's a having that kind of, I guess, connection with somebody that you can, with a look communicate like, okay, this is, I don't know if I'm feeling this. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Yeah, 100%. I definitely think those are the best relationships where you two um, fulfill each other mm-hmm. and definitely support one another in things, even when it comes to conflicts. Because even when it comes to conflicts, it's not a person versus the other one. It's uh, two people trying to solve a conflict together because they love each other. Yeah. So what is your girl? Is your girlfriend a musician or is she... Hmm? Sorry? Is she a musician as well or no? Well, she, she likes to play guitar. She okay. played uh, the cello around in, in high school. And she likes to play the guitar a lot. Just, um, 
she's she's very shy about it. However, she likes to to play music and they do it. However, she she prefers to have it more of a enjoyment for her and you know mm-hmm. setting that. That, that enjoyment, where me personally, I'm more about you know performing live for people. Mm-hmm. However, you know we're all different, and music always speaks to us differently. Have you all had a jam session together? Mm-hmm. Just just two, there's two of y'all. Just mm-hmm. like Once she'll start, do. like start it. She'll play something, and then you'll tack on, and then mm-hmm. just go back and forth. Once we did, yes, I remember. Um, I put her on bass, I got on guitar, and we were doing ACDC type riffs because I was like, well, what's something we can do easy and fast and into ACDC we want? It's <laughs> a good date just to play guitar together. Just to, So are you always lead guitar or would you be willing to be bass? Mm-hmm. Oh, for me, bass, yeah. Bass, uh, rhythm, drums, okay. all. If, if I can get on the band, I'll be in the back shaking mm-hmm. maracas. Okay. <laughs> well, Oscar, where can people find you outside mm-hmm. of here in, what, maybe five minutes? Mm-hmm. <laughs> well... They can find me in, in Instagram at Oscar Nash TX on okay. YouTube, Oscar Nash TX. Luckily, the domains weren't taken. So everything Oscar Nash TX. See, it, I, I'm all Ryan Perio. Nobody has the same name I do. Mm-hmm. I thank you for doing this. I thank you guys for having me thank here you. at Pedicalis. Thank you guys for being my guests. Guys, if, you, if I didn't get to you today, you can sign up and we'll do this again tomorrow. Thanks again. As long as Oscar's thank here. You. If Oscar's not here, then we're going to do it this acapella. <laughs> but thank you guys so much for having me. Y'all have a wonderful rest of the festival. Thank you. So that was Oscar Nash. Awesome interview. I love the kid. I think he's going to do really well. He's going to be an amazing musician when it's all said and done. He's got some amazing talents has the drive to learn various musical instruments as well as percussion challenges like that. I think he also has a super relatable fear. Um, Mine continues on past the initial contact. His seems to just be the initial, hello, how you doing, greeting, and then he's cool. I'm never cool in the conversation at any point in time. I am frantic. It is... A panic, full-on panic. I'm work, trying to work on listening as much as I can to try and stave that off. Oscar is an amazing musician. Check out his stuff on YouTube, Instagram. I'll post it in the show notes. As for me, next week I'll be in Tulsa, Oklahoma, releasing episode 49. I haven't decided on what that episode will include. Should be a fun interview, so do check out, check it out. If you like what you hear, leave us a review on Apple or wherever you listen to podcasts. It only helps exposure for my podcast. Also, if you have any comments for the show, please email me at somefearfans at gmail.com. Thanks again for listening. I will post Amble next week. Well, not even post Amble, but just wrap up next week with how... We went with Kevin Bozeman and Tulsa at the Looney Bins. Should be some fantastic shows. Check out Looney Bins. If you're in the Tulsa area, come hang out. Love to hear from you. Thanks again for listening to the Sum of All Fears podcast. And now some thank yous for the folks that make this show possible. Thanks to Barry Whitewater for my art and graphics. You can follow him on Instagram at bwhiteh2o. Get it? H2O like water. You can also follow him on Facebook Music. A huge thank you to Gunnar Olson for the wonderful music provided for this podcast. 
You can follow him on Instagram at GunBuns, that's G-U-N-B-U-N-S, as well as his website, GunnarOlson.net. Check out some of the samples that he has recorded. They're amazing. He's an amazing percussionist. If you want to follow the show, we've got a Facebook group, Some of All Fears. Instagram, Twitter, you can find us at Some Fear Fans. If you have some feedback for the show, email me at SomeFearFans, S-O-M-E-F-E-A-R-F-A-N-S at gmail.com. I'll be happy to, to take those into consideration. Also, if you'd like to be a guest, email me at SomeFearFans at gmail.com. We can try to iron out some details and get that settled in. You know, give us some feedback if on Apple, Google, Spotify, or wherever you listen to podcasts. Leave a review. It makes the show bigger, and it's not going anywhere. I'm going to record as many shows as I possibly can. If you want to follow me on social media, I am at Ryan Perio. It's R-Y-A-N-P-E-R-R-I-O on all social media platforms. You can follow me there, and you can check me out at ryanperio.com, my website. I'll try to list upcoming shows there as well. It's been kind of spotty because as soon as I set it up, that's when the pandemic happened. And everything's kind of just in a in a holding pattern. Thanks again for listening to the Sum of All Fears podcast. Next week, we'll have another guest with another fear. Thanks for listening. Thanks for listening.